books with Aaron and Polly special Doomsday Clock Edition. I'm Aaron. And this is Paul. Paul, you feel like a quickie this morning? I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so we are recording this Wednesday, November 22nd, um, the day uh, that Doomsday Clock number one from DC Comics has been released. It was released, well, technically, if you went to a local comic shop, it released at 11.57 p.m. last night, three minutes to midnight, uh, if your comic shop participated. Otherwise, it's out this morning. Very exciting stuff. Yes, I, I woke up at 4 a.m. and I was like, I was kind of, I was, I will tell you, Aaron, I was excited, so excited for this book. I couldn't go back to sleep, but it was not yet available on Comixology until 5 a.m. <laughs> Did you just sit there and kept hitting refresh on the page? <laughs> no, I knew it wouldn't be available, so I just tried to go back to sleep. <laughs> I, I I likewise uh, woke up super early. I rolled out of out of bed local time at five a.m. and uh, uh, downloaded the the minute I hit the couch, and it, I I and read it read it in, in rather short order. In fact, I had to I had to control myself because I found that I was racing through some pages, and there's a lot on these pages, and so I found that I would go back and I would reread the page, yeah, because I didn't want to miss anything, right? Um, and there, and, and just like the original Watchmen, it is jam packed with information and there's a lot to unpack, uh, in this story. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. uh, I want to get something out of the way, uh, uh -oh. before we go into the issue proper and discuss the merits or, or non whatever, however, however I don't know how you feel about the book yet of this yep. issue. Um, but I will say, uh, DC comics, that Batman creature of the night ad, that's on page three of uh, yeah. the digital copy by like, Kurt Busick and John Paul Leon. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that you're trying to pump up this series and this is probably going to be your biggest selling book of the year, but it just felt so out of place. It did. Um, every single page of the digital copy is related to Doomsday Clock, whether it be variant covers, ads for future uh, Doomsday Clock, even the DC Essentials ad at the end. Um, you know, it kind of incorporates uh, books that you should read uh, for Doomsday Clock. Um, but that one ad just was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I get it. It's a promotion. Um, it, it's fine. It's just like, I, I, I wish it hadn't been there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a little jarring because I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what, what is that? Yeah. No, what, I was right there with you, Paul. Yeah. Um, you know, it, Doomsday Clock, and I don't know if the print version has it, but you know, the original Watchmen, um, I, I don't remember if it had ads or not. I'm sure it did. I don't, I don't recall that it did. I bought a couple of floppies of it, uh, before I bought my trade. Uh, I don't recall ads in that because it was one of those prestige formats, right? Yeah. Uh, was it prestige? I think it was prestige format. Well, I don't uh, think Watchmen was, um, I think Watchmen was floppy version. Cause I don't think it, the issues were quite as big as like dark Knight returns. Right. I think Watchmen gotcha. was a floppy, whereas dark Knight returns was a prestige format. Um, and I believe doomsday clock is also floppy. So who knows? And I get, and I guess what I'm thinking is I think it was on that Baxter paper. Yes. You know, it was on the higher glossier paper. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't recall ads in that. I could be wrong, but it, it's been, a, it's been a while. Right. It's been since what, 1986. So, you know, I, the I, first off, I think we, we need to say this, Paul, spo beware there be spoilers. Yeah, I do want to mention, you know, <laughs> while we're recording this um, and this is going to release ASAP, um, some folks uh, who buy their comics um, in comic stores, just so you know, we are going to talk about this with full spoilers. 
Um, and so the, the comic stores may not be open. You may not have your copy yet. You may not have read it yet. Um, download this anyway, because we like the traffic and then listen to it after. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Unless you want spoilers. Um, so I, which I, I do want to preface another thing in this conversation, which is to say, regardless of our talk, regardless of our warning of spoilers, um, I, you know, there was no, uh, like big sweeping spoiler, at the end of this book, you know, quite like there was at the end of DC Rebirth number one, or perhaps um, D- uh, Dark Knight's Metal for the people who were surprised that Sandman was in that. Um, you know, th- th- there's no like big shocker ending of this book. No, but it just it does confirm some things. And I, I think, you know, there are there's I think there is an aha at the end of the book for me anyway, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But, you know, there there are some things that are confirmed for you uh, and revealed in this book. So so there are some revelations, maybe some things you didn't know needed to be revealed, but you find out some stuff in the book. And are, oh, hell, uh, the book opens up in 1992, six years after the conclusion of the events of the original Watchmen series and kicks off in the Watchmen universe. And. I will say this this first page, the first six panels of this page mm-hmm. are a punch in the nose um, that it wakes you right up. It brings you right into the action. You immediately feel uh, the weight of what's going on. If you'll recall, Paul, at the end of uh, uh, Watchmen, uh, Adrian Veidt had launched his make-believe uh, alien invasion on Manhattan, killing millions of people and hospitalizing uh, thousands and thousands of others in an attempt to unite the world, the, the world seeing an alien invasion occurring and would unite uh, the tribes essentially to say, my God, we've got an external threat to Earth. All the people of Earth need to come together and unite and stand strong against whatever lies out there. Well, uh, also at the end of Watchmen, Rorschach, uh, who is uh, killed by Dr. Manhattan, uh, all of his notes concerning the investigation, everything that he had found out about Adrian Veidt and your otherwise known as Osmond Dias, uh, his uh, notes about the comedian and how he died and all of the people who had been, quote, given cancer uh, uh, by uh, Dr. Manhattan. All of his notes got sent to the Frontiersman, a fringe uh, uh, magazine. And we see the results of that in this book. So instead of finding this, uh, you know, utopia on planet Earth, we find a world that is at the tipping point, that is in those last moments on the doomsday clock, ready to launch nuclear war. Uh, we have a new president from that, from that which we had at the end of Watchmen, a President Redford. Uh, we see uh, placards on the pages, and this is the first six pages of the book. Yeah, we see, we see our first six panels of the first page of the book, I should say. We see placards that say "Make America Safe Again," uh, which which has a familiar ring to it. Um, we see you know people storming the streets. We we see protests all over. Um, we hear about the the president's golf game. <laughs> you know, uh, it is. Very interesting, the setup on this page. And I mean, it really sets the tone for the rest of the book. It does. And, you know, it's funny because a little, you know, there, if you guys, um, 
you know, we have, I don't know if we have some younger listeners, I'm sure we do, uh, but if you lived in the 80s and you read books like The Dark Knight Returns and even the original Watchmen, there's just a heavy political hand as to what's going on in the American political climate at that time in both of those books. And um, that is very prevalent in this as well. You know, at first I thought some of the references to North Korea and the golf game and things like that were a bit on the nose, but a little bit, a little bit on the nose. But, you know, I think about Watchmen and I think about Dark Knight Returns. And I if you revisit those stories, you know, in retrospect, um, those were rather on the nose as well. You know, the, the political commentary wasn't wasn't subtle in those books either. Yeah, um, but it's certainly not subtle here. No, not at all. And I, and I had the same reaction. I was like, wow, the, you know, when, when I saw the placard and, you know, you've got we're used to seeing the placards, right? We're used yeah. to seeing the signs in Watchmen that, you know, the end is nigh. Well, this one opens up with the end is here. Right. Mm-hmm. And then as it pans back three pa- on the third panel, you've got the make America safe again. And I was like, OK. I see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. And you I almost feel and I and I, I I hate to say this, I almost feel like, oh, Mr. Johns, your politics are showing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it Watchmen was very much the same sort of thing. It was a it was a commentary on where we were as a nation and where we were during the Reagan administration, right? Mm-hmm. Um and so this is very much a commentary about where we are in the Trump administration, despite the fact that it's taking place in 1992. Um, that said, this 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 book starts off with a first person narrative, much as Watchmen did, and it appears to be Rorschach's journal. And so the question the reader asks themselves is, "Hey, Rorschach died at the end of Watchmen. Who's this writing as if he was Rorschach?" And the book tells you that later on. Or at least identifies a little bit about that guy later on. Yes. So, uh, you know, we we can talk a little bit about that. It is is clearly identified that this is not the original Rorschach, that this is, um, and well, I want to say African-American, but we don't know. He could just be black. um, Yeah. Well, we just know that he's brown. We just know he's brown skinned, right? Yes. I mean, we don't even know that he's African-American. There's any number of things he could be. We assume African-American, but he could be almost anything. He could be almost any race. Yeah. Given the um, given that given that there's a mystery around it, um, I'm assuming it's tied to some type of prior Watchmen uh, story. Um, you know, there, there were very few uh, black characters in the original Watchmen. There was the um, I think the psychiatrist. Right. And maybe the, the, the kid who was reading the, the Black Freighter comic. Right. Um, but outside of that, I don't recall really any other black characters. And I think it's the kid who is reading the comic, to be honest with you. I think so as well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't recall that we ever learned his name. But, you know, when I was thinking about it, it would be too big of a shift for it to be the the uh, psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Um, and the psychiatrist was older. Well, and he I died recall. in theory. You know, they, right. they, it appeared as if, as if he died in the the, um, right. the explosion in New York. Right. Didn't the kid die as well? Uh, I don't remember. I kind of thought they were together when when that went off. Yeah, maybe. And and it did have. I mean, we didn't see a body. We just assumed they were vaporized in the explosion, right? Yeah. All that. All. I mean, unless it's another character from the um, the Minute Minutemen. Was that the name of the team? Yes. Um. You know, and I don't recall if there are any other uh, black characters on that yeah. team. Um. You know, from the before Watchmen storyline. Yeah. It feels like we might have some research we need to do. Yeah. Well, but we didn't. So <laughs> yeah. That we're, but, we're, help us with that, guys. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we're, we're doing this fast. 
We didn't know. We didn't know this guy was in here this morning. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're bringing you the news quickly, not accurately. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the we spend a lot of time. I mean, I, I was a little surprised at how much time we spent in the Watchmen universe. Oh, yeah. um, almost the entire really, book. Almost the entire book. Right. Because, you know, we get a we get a we, we wind up in Metropolis in the last couple of pages. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I so I was I was a little surprised. I mean, I, I really kind of expected that ratio to be inverted. I expected we see some stuff from from the Watchmen universe. Um, I did not anticipate that we would see quite, quite as much as we did. And we saw a lot. I mean, and we see that the hunt is on for Adrian Veidt, a.k.a. Ozymandias, uh, because, you know, he he not only you know, engineered the the massacre of millions in Manhattan, but apparently he was colluding with others. And, uh, you know, there are leaks from the Russians, you know, talking about all of this again. It seems, it seems strangely familiar, doesn't it, Paul? A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so there's a lot going on here. We we see, you know, the the authorities are trying to locate Adrian Veidt, and so they're they're hitting all of his known haunts, and so they visit his place up in the uh, the is it the Antarctic, the North Pole? I forget where he is. He's in some place cold yeah. at the end of Watchmen, and uh, they they storm that place and they find a uh, an exam room and they look up and you see a, an X-ray up on the wall. And uh, the X-ray was 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 taken earlier that year, and it shows a uh, tumor in his brain, uh, or someone's brain. We find out later on that it's Adrian Veidt's. Uh, but then the action opens up in a prison, and uh, we see Rorschach for the first time in this book. And I love the prisoner's reaction when they see him, you know. And, and one of them is, you know, this this prisoner is trying to steal the keys from a prison guard. He's like, give me those keys, give me those keys. And Rorschach shows up and he's like, still one out. <laughs> yeah. And the prisoner's like, nope, I'm good right here. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So, so I, think, I think Rorschach is excellently depicted in this book. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And even though it's not our Rorschach, the original Rorschach, he is excellently depicted. You know, when we find out that he is there um, in cahoots with, with Ozymandias, uh, and and they are there to break out the mime and marionette. Right. Um, these are these are two characters that uh, Aaron. You'll have to remind me. Were these characters in the original book? I I don't believe they are. I think the, this is the first time we're seeing these guys. So these are based on Steve Ditko's uh, Charlton characters. You know these these characters are all um, takeoffs of of, of Carlton Charlton Carlton Charlton 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 characters. Um, Punch and Julie. Um, right. You know, their their Watchmen equivalents are the mime and marionette, and woo, they are jacked up. And the mime is so cool. The mime is awesome. <laughs> the mime is so cool. They go to his weapons locker because you know the mime doesn't talk because you know mime, and his wife marionette is like, we can't leave until we get his gear. And Rorschach's like, well, we really don't have any time. And Rorschach's cracking me up because he's like, we've got like three hours forty minutes, I think. My watch is a little slow. I think we got we got like three hours twenty minutes. Again, my watch is slow. I really meant to get a different watch. We've got like less than three hours. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I just I love the the Rorschach's dialogue is killing me in this book. Um, but they go to the weapons locker because Mime won't leave the prison without it. Marionette's not leaving without her husband, the Mime. 
So they go to the weapons locker, they open it up and there's nothing in there. And, you know, Rorschach's like, well, I guess, I guess, you know, somebody took your, took your weapons. We got to go. And Mime reaches in and he's pantomiming the weapons and he's gearing up. So he's pantomiming, putting on his weapons belt, you know, pantomiming, checking his gun. It was so cool. It was hilarious. It was so cool. (laughs) And um, later on in the book, the you know the the Rorschach is uh, he's threatened by by the mime who who pulls out an imaginary gun uh-huh. and Rorschach goes uh, don't point imaginary guns at me it wasn't funny the first time <laughs> I loved that scene um, it was that that was just uh, just perfect uh, Rorschach, yeah. um, Rorschach the mime marionette um, you know the the, the even. Ozzy Mandias. All the characters are written pitch perfect. I mean, almost pitch perfect, I should say. Almost pitch per- perfect with the voices from the original Watchmen. This feels, yeah. um, you know, for those worried, you know, Watchmen is one of those books that never deserved a sequel, never needed a sequel, blah, 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 blah. Um, this certainly makes the case uh, well for it. At least for me, I thought uh, I thought this issue was excellent, and I loved <laughs> the interpretation of the characters that Jeff Johns writes. It didn't feel out of I- place. I completely agree. And here's the thing that I am amazed at by this book. It not only feels organic to the original books, the thoughtful way in which it's placed almost feels like it was the original design. It does. You know, there is the, there is the line that Dr. Manhattan says at the very end of Watchmen where he says, I'm going to go off to another galaxy and, you know, maybe start start some new life or something like that. It's, it's something to that effect. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go this off galaxy and start for one less complicated. Yeah. And I mean, it does seem like that was the intent, right? And, and so this feels very organic to that. In fact, Paul, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the, the, uh, Metropolis pages now, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Um, super, we see, we, 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 we zoom in to Metropolis with, uh, Clark and Lois asleep and Superman's having a dream of going to a, to a school dance and watching Lana dance with Pete and kind of getting his heart broken by that. While at the same time, uh, mom, Pa Kent are driving in the truck away from, from the high school, worried about, you know, that Clark didn't have anybody, you know, and we won't live forever. And the next thing you know, they're hit by a car. Which reminds us that in the New 52, Ma and Pa Kent didn't live to a ripe old age as they did in the uh, pre-New 52 books. They did they, – they, they died in a car wreck leaving Clark to grow up uh, in his late teens into adulthood on his own. So it appears to me, right? We don't see any glowy blue stuff on those pages. No. But it appears to me that someone was manipulating events. It seems to me that we have either a Dr. Manhattan or an Ozyman Dias at work here, which is why Superman is having this nightmare at this time. And he's made the comment, I don't think I've ever had a nightmare before. Um, I, I feel like – and this is what, what, what kind of blows my mind. This feels like this was planned. This feels like when they launched the new 52 – that these were seeds that either Jeff Johns or somebody else planted to say when the new 52 was created, it was manipulated. I mean, is this a story that has been rocking around Jeff Johns's head since the launch of the new 52? I mean, is that how long a game that he's playing? Kind of. If you think about it, it's, um, 
you know, Mr. Oz was part of Jeff John's new 52 run on Superman. Right. Right. Um, you know, Jeff Johns uh, had seeds of some of this stuff as far back as his Justice League work. If you recall, um, I believe it was the last page of Dark Side War. It could have been earlier. I don't recall exactly when uh, when when Pandora was killed. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and at the time we didn't know who who by. But, you know, retrospect, probably Dr. Manhattan. Um, you know, it, I, th- I think the seeds have been there for a while. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know if the death of of. Um, Ma and Pa Kent was part of it originally. I feel like that's Jeff Johns perhaps setting seeds for retconning that back out. Maybe I don't know, right? Um, because that that was a Grant Morrison thing, I think. Right. I just wonder if in the room they were like, you know, let's have them, let's have the Kents die at an earlier age and see what that does to Clark, right? And I, I wonder if, hmm, whom. Who killed them, though? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and because it feels like that. I mean, I, I read that and I'm like, Jesus Christ. I mean, either Jeff Johns is just brilliant. And I think that's probably the case mm-hmm. uh, either way. Right. But I mean, I feel like I feel like this has been part of a five year plus plan, in which case hats off, Mr. Johns. Yeah, because that's I mean, granted, I had to live through some terrible grant morrison superman books <laughs> but, uh, but i mean i'm i'm deeply impressed well i feel like we're going to find out at some point right i, I feel like you know that, that it's a bit premature to think that they're going to tell us the, you know the the behind the scenes stuff now but at some point when when all this comes to light and when revelations have been fully revealed we'll find out what the what the plan was um because perhaps it was the plan along all along perhaps it wasn't um, I do think it's interesting, you know, you mentioned that there's no blue light, but if, you know, Clark and Lois are bathed in blue light, um, you know, in their bedroom, and, you know, you you could write that off as just city lights, but I think the, the color is intentional. No, I agree. I agree. I think I think it is, uh, you know, in, intentionally uh, done so to 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 inspire you to think of Doctor Manhattan, especially given that um, this scene comes right after uh, Ozzy Mandaya says we have to find Doctor Manhattan wherever he's run off to. Yeah. Um, you know, this uh, I thought this book was excellent. Um, you know, I did you're too. not going to read it and like have your mind blown necessarily um, with with some type of shocking reveal on the last page, but it is a well written. Um, and beautifully drawn book by Gary. Frank. Oh God, Gary Frank rocks this thing. And I always enjoy Gary Frank drawing Superman. He's got, he's got those elements of Christopher Reeve mm-hmm. to him. Uh, and that's always, that that's always very nostalgic for me. Um, I, 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 I dig it. I mean, and I love that we are continuing the nine panel layout, uh, yes. that, uh, Dave Gibbons set up in, uh, the Watchmen books. And I love that this book is dedicated to Lynn Wein. Yes, that um, was a great. I, that was a great last page. Yeah, uh, you know, Lynn Ween was the editor. He's the guy who put Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons together for the Watchmen series. Without Lynn Lynn Ween, you probably would not have had Watchmen as we know it today. Um, and the back matter was good. You know, I if you'll recall, lots of back matter in the original Watchmen books, and that continues here. And all of it's worthwhile reading. Um, including the, uh, the, uh, morning Joe's, uh, diner menu, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you do get some information about, you know, the original Rorschach, you get some information about, uh, the, you know, how the nuclear disarmament stalls and you, know, you get some, some information about what the, the world climate is. Yeah. And what uh, happened to the, uh, the, uh, journalist who, Rorsch- yeah. who got Rorschach's journal? Yeah. I mean, it was, it's all, I mean, 
all of this is worth reading. And, you know, sometimes I steer away from the back matter because it's hard for me to transition from uh, reading a comic to reading an essay. But uh, I, I, I struggled. I, I didn't struggle through it. I made myself do it, though. Uh, you know, it's 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 a big gear switch for me. And uh, but I mean, it was it was all it was all worthwhile. I mean, it's just a beautifully packaged book. Uh, it is. And so is this monthly, Paul? I know it's 12 issues. Is it monthly? I believe it's intended to be monthly. Yes. You know, given, given <laughs> Gary Frank is, um, I would say Gary Frank is a pretty timely artist and he has had a, a bit of lead time. So I think we're going to see this as a monthly series. Um, but I, I hope they, they keep their time. They show covers for issues. Um, let's see. One through five, I think. One, two, three, four, and five um, at the back of this book, including one that features Joker on the cover. Um Really, really looking forward to uh, to the next issue of this book. I I, I loved it, I, and I look forward to rereading this issue. Same here. It, big thumbs up for this book. Big thumbs up. And hey, I want to let our listeners know this is our second episode that we've dropped this week. There is a third episode coming up in the next day or so. Uh, so you'll get three fresh episodes of funny books. So you had last you had uh, the the first one this week was what our conversation about the Justice League film and the Punisher on Netflix. Uh, you had this this conversation about Doomsday Clock and then you'll have the the conversation concerning last week's comics which will come out in the next day or so. So three episodes plus we're back with all new with an all new episode uh, next Monday. So uh, all kinds of content for your ears. So thank you guys for listening. Definitely leave us a comment on social media on iomgeek.com or at the Ideology of Madness hotline. 972-763-5903. That number once again is 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. And like I said, leave us feedback on this specific episode on Doomsday Clock, um, on Justice League. Uh, love to hear from you, and uh, we will talk to you guys next time. Happy Thanksgiving. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.